0: This podcast is supported by Americans for Medical Progress and was founded and created through the Michael D. Hare Fellowship, awarded annually to support projects that inform and educate the public about the critical role of animal research in furthering medical progress. The fellowship honors the late Dr. Michael Hare, a renowned board-certified laboratory animal veterinarian who dedicated his career to scientific and medical advancements and who was deeply committed to animal welfare and advocacy. Hey everybody and welcome into this edition of our newsbite episodes that we do here now on a monthly basis. This is Newsbite number four, if I'm not mistaken, where Danielle and I just have some conversations about what's going on in the field of biomedical research. So whether or not you're in the field or not, um, we just plan on giving you some exciting stories and some updates and some ways to, you know, stay in touch with the constantly evolving field of animal research and biomedical research. And we also just like to talk about anything and everything related to animals because we all love animals, whether they're our pets or at the zoo or in the wild or whatnot. So with that, um, we like to give you a little outline. So we're probably gonna talk about, well, first I'm gonna talk about a little bit of this third year of med school that's going on right now, which has just been killing me. And then, um there's a new and exciting podcast out there kind of like ours talking about animal research and the truths and accurate you know nature behind it and then we'll give you some details on that there's an exciting conference coming up as you heard in the advertisement to the intro to this podcast um So we'll give you some details on that. And then we're going to talk about gorillas and COVID vaccines. Danielle, you have some stuff that you're talking about. I don't, what are you talking about again? Well, I know I I want
1: to touch on the upcoming Primer IACUC conference, which might sound like a gibberish made up word if you have no idea what I'm talking about. And I found a cool article about cephalopods.
0: Yeah. Who doesn't love cephalopods? What are cephalopods? Can you break that down?
1: They're like the the squids and the octopuses and the cuttlefish, like the uh, invertebrate squishies.
0: Okay. Just testing you. That's yeah. all. Yeah, I got
1: you.
0: And then, so that's that's pretty much the scope of what we talk about. You know, it's pretty just a, a laid back conversation talking about things related to animals. So, But before we get started, I know it's been a while since our last actual interview episode of LabRat Chat has come out. Um, a couple of reasons for that. One is that we had, one was for us, the SAVMA Symposium which will be released soon. SAVMA is the Student American Veterinary Medical Association. Say that five times fast. Um, and so that was released specifically for a conference that just ended, and so we'll be releasing that one soon. And then the other big reason is just vet school. It's <laughs> I don't know I don't, if I've talked about this on the show. So the way our vet school works, we're a different kind of curriculum. Our first two years, we're all, all 120 of us are in the same core curriculum. So we all take the same classes for two years. There's no electives or anything like that. Um, and it's all just based around the big five species, you know, dogs, cats, horses, cows, pigs. Was that five? I think it was Oh,
1: I, I wasn't keeping track. I thought that was your job.
0: Well, <laughs> so somebody's got to QC the episodes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's, that's basically the first two years. And it's set in a way to the idea at virginia maryland college of veterinary medicine is to reduce kind of the stress on students because i think first year before they change their curriculum and like other vet schools i mean you have you know tons of exams almost on a weekly basis so trying to stay on top of it's difficult so our curriculum gives you one giant test every two weeks so we'll have like 40 hours of lecture material that's tested every two weeks so it's kind of a lot but um but you get in a groove, right? You're getting a groove, you study, and you know, like every mon- every other Monday you have a test. Well, just to throw a wrench at us, third year, we just go to a traditional type curriculum where you just sign up for the classes that you want, electives, whatever you want to take. And then it goes to back to just, you have all these ex- random exams, midterms, finals, which I know everybody else, if you're listening to this, you probably like suck it up and deal with it. <laughs> But, which i mean i can totally get on board with but man it's just been killing me i got in the group, i got used to that the old every two weeks having a test and now like the last these last two weeks i've had seven midterms and a bunch of group projects which everybody loves group projects do and it's just been an absolute nightmare so but yeah, I'm everything
1: we're a little delayed on the <laughs> on this this news bite
0: yeah and then i mean in addition to the new puppy which is just, he's also been again more work than than the kids and i again he's sleeping in the kennel his name's gumbo for everybody out there if you want to know the new dog's name and he's awesome but if he wakes up you won't think he's awesome <laughs>
1: he so will you know when he's awake
0: so that's that um and the semester's coming to a close soon here so hopefully we'll be able to be a little more consistent with episodes coming out but then fourth year starts and he knows what that's going to bring so Cool. We'll definitely always get our episodes episodes out every month. It might be beginning of a month or end of a month, but just bear with us. Um, we appreciate all the support out there. And so, but speaking about podcasts, and maybe after just saying like how we're going to be delayed, isn't the best time to tell you about another podcast. Or are like, well, I'm going to stop right. listening to yours. I'm going to go listen to the new one, but I don't feel that way. I think the more podcasts we have in this arena, the better, you know, the more people, the goal here is to educate the public and, let them know about the you know, the accurate and alternative narratives that, that's out there regarding the field of biomedical research and animals. So there's a podcast called, it's called the Get Real Podcast. Get real with an exclamation point. Um, and it's by Dr. Cindy Buckmaster. And I think anybody in this field knows who Cindy is. Um, I mean, she's always she's speaking. At, yeah. Yes. And she's always speaking in, at conferences and doing webinars. And she's all over the place. And she's um you know she's very she's well huge, qualified huge and certified
1: advocate. yeah, huge advocate yep. for for our field,
0: yeah, and so it's and she knows lots and lots of people, and she has some really great their their first episode came out, and you can get the get real podcast wherever you get your podcast, you know iTunes, Google podcasts, whatever it may be um and she has some really good conversations with people her first episode has been out the second one actually came out today so I haven't had had a chance to listen to that one Um, but the first one was a lot about you know COVID-19 and institutions being told to you know euthanize animals and and all that kind of stuff and what that brings to the people that are in the field and and how that impacts them you know because like we've said before working in the field you know you can really grow attached to these animals and and euthanasia, nobody likes the euthanasia part of the job, but it is a part, a part of the job and something that she's able to talk about very eloquently. Is yeah. that a good word for that?
1: She's, she's She might speak better than us.
0: <laughs> I think she definitely probably does. She yeah. has a lot more experience. You know, we're, we're still, we're kind of rookies at this still, but we're figuring yeah. it out.
1: Well, and another thing that that Cindy has always been a, a big advocate for, there's a, um, a group called Homes for Animal Heroes that she... she might've been part of founding it. I'm not sure, but it's um, you can look at their website and they basically try to find fosters and adopters for lab animals that can be adopted out. Um, So they have a lot of dogs listed. I'm sure there's, you know, at some point cat studies or even, you know, guinea pigs, things like that. Um, But she's, she's just always promoting the best possible care for these animals. And if a study will, you know, allow for them to be adopted not allow, what's the word I'm looking for? If the study is capable of having allowed, to yeah. be adopted, yeah, then they will go through this group to have them, um, you know, find a home outside of the lab. So she's she's done a lot of really great things for, for lab animals.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure they track the numbers of animals that they've adopted out. So, um, but that's, I don't have those numbers. We do plan on having Cindy on the show. So if you haven't heard her speak or talk about it, I mean, you when she's on here, you'll know. Like you'll be able to hear her, her, level of you know compassion and her dedication to this field so she's been doing it a long time um and so definitely go check out the get real podcast when you get a minute and subscribe and follow her and let her know too if you if you if you listen to it make sure you leave a comment like hey i listened the library chat folks over there recommended your podcast that way we can we can say hey cindy that was straight from us no i'm just joking yeah (laughs) um (laughs) And then speaking about other exciting things in the field and ways to stay, you know, in tune with what's going on is the upcoming Premier Conference that you may or may not have heard in the opening to this show, um, We, depending on the date. If it's after the conference, it'll no longer be playing as part of these podcasts. But up until the podcast, we'll be having that little ad associated with our podcast, let people know where you can go sign up and what what you can expect. And
1: yeah. so... Um, Calling it primer that doesn't make a lot of sense for you're right. So it's yeah. public responsibility in medicine and research, and they do cover. Um, you know, the, we've talked about IACUC, Institutional Animal Care and Use Committee. They also do some stuff with human subjects research. Uh, their acronym is IRB, Institutional Review Board. But obviously, we're more concerned with the fun IACUC portion of it. Um, so they have a, a virtual conference this year, of course, because of COVID coming up April fourteenth to the sixteenth. Um, and I'm pretty excited to be able to attend some of these sessions. And I pulled a couple, you know, before we got online to record this, that I'm like really excited about, um, attending because with COVID happening, you know, someone in my position as an IACUC administrator, um, you just kind of had to re, readjust what you're doing. Um, so we, we do post approval monitoring, which I think we've talked about in other episodes Where, you know, we're really checking in on these approved protocols to make sure everything is in line with what's approved, make sure the animals are cared for. Again, I mean, where I've been, we've never had major issues. But now that we don't want people in close contact with other people so much, it's like, can we go to a virtual PAM procedure? Do we just go to records review? Because you don't really want to be standing directly over someone's shoulder watching them do a procedure with an animal. Because of COVID, so they have um, one session is going to be embracing the new norm, adapting post approval monitoring to a virtual world. So I'm really excited to get some different tips and ideas because you know we've all kind of been scrambling to come up with a safe way to continue this PAM program because it has to continue. Um, and another one that kind of piqued my interest is the intersection between the IACUC and the IBC, and the IBC is an institutional biosafety committee, so they deal with any protocol, and not involving animals necessarily, but, you know, working with recombinant DNA or a lot of biohazardous materials, it kind of depends on the institution what exactly, what extra they want to cover by this committee, but I'm actually the administrator for both of those committees, so it's kind of interesting to see how other places do it. Um, I think they're going to have a real-time IACUC meeting to observe, um, and just some other talks about different approaches to program and facility review since COVID-19. Again, because, you know, when we used to do our semi-annual inspections, you have a group of seven people walking through these, you know, smaller corridors or, you know, little animal rooms, things like that. But now that we don't want crowds in the space, we kind of send one person through and get their reports and another person through. So I just think it's going to be a really good a good group of um lectures and uh seminars to kind of come together and figure out how other places have been handling their animal care program with covid floating around so i'm i'm very yeah. excited to go to some of these talks
0: yeah i haven't even thought about that aspect of things about how pams are going to change you yeah. know inspections are going to change semi-annual iacook inspections which you've heard us talk about before in the show that iacooks have to inspect these lab facilities where animals are being used twice a year or anywhere where lab or animals are used so yep um
1: yeah. so we had to it's kind, kind, of... kind of crazy
0: you're gonna to have to like live stream it all <laughs> you know you're gonna to have to get the investigators to give you an unedited live stream of their procedure and they're gonna to have to talk you through it
1: yeah yeah no it's definitely been. Um been challenging. I, and for a portion of it, you know, I've, because I'm deemed an essential person. So I was given a fit tested and given some N95 respirators, which I do use when I do have to like hover over someone, but we've tried to keep that to a minimum. Um, so I, like I said, I'm just excited to kind of learn and see how other institutions have modified their programs because COVID really threw a wrench in how we used to do things, And but, but the things have to continue happening. So um well it'll be a good place to get get different opinions and ideas
0: yeah for sure and even if you're not involved in the field i mean all the things you just said i think just go to show all the different types of regulatory requirements that are out there involving the use of animals so if you want an idea and like the what'd you say they're doing a real-time eye cook
1: yeah yeah have a discussion so for- if
0: you want to see what that's kind of like i mean sign up and go and go check it out because
1: yeah and actually um helen diggs is one of the panelists on that and we interviewed her early on in this podcast she's from Alac. uh yeah cool so yep so i'm excited yeah to i see think
0: that, that was up. back on back in episode four i think, I think. So. so yeah guys go check that out if you want to hear about Alac, which ALAC International. I don't remember I think, I what their acronym cool. used to be, but just they're just an accrediting body that you know holds yeah. laboratories to very high standards. Yeah. And most of the laboratories in the United States and even in the world are are accredited by ALAC, which goes to show their dedication. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, well, enjoy that. You have to give us an update next month on Definitely. how the sessions were, and what you learned, and how you're going to figure out how you're going to put GoPros on investigators to watch what they're doing. <laughs>
1: I will definitely update everyone and let you know what I what I've learned since, since this freaking pandemic.
0: <laughs> yeah, I and mean, then hopefully that won't be it for everything. You can just go back to normal at some point. Yes,
1: but. yes, hopefully.
0: Um. All right, on to an animal story. Yeah, I just thought this was back early March is when I saw this, and it's about the gorillas at. I guess it's not gorillas. Um, I think there were orangutans and stuff too, but um, great apes. We'll say great apes at the mm-hmm. San Diego Zoo. They were exposed to COVID 19 and they tested positive, eight of them. And the, of eight members of the Western Lowland Gorilla Troop, which I love how they're called troops. So I guess maybe it is just gorillas in this case, tested positive. And so, and they had just the general symptoms, you know, nothing, nothing really severe, but you're still going to be.
1: Were they exposed on purpose as part of a study? No, or they have
0: to be no, from no. So I was, yeah. So way to jump the gun. I was going to get there. Oh, um, but, <laughs> no, it's, uh, they were believed because they can't say for, for certain. I mean, they all, all the zookeepers are wearing their mask and doing everything, but they believe an asymptomatic zookeeper didn't know they had the virus, you know, went to work with close interactions with the gorillas. Was able to transmit the virus to them in that manner, so it was not an experimental type of thing, um, and so they just had the general, yeah, runny noses, coughs, um, just general cold type symptoms. Nothing too severe. I don't know. I don't know if they lost their sense of taste or smell. Um, that was not reported. But, anyways, the uh, they gave them the the vaccine, anyways, and they vaccinated some of the other great apes at the zoo just to hopefully prevent you know additional spread of the virus as well the the troop that was infected and exposed and had symptoms they're all they've all recovered you know nothing tragic happened they're much they're all healthy again and i, th- I don't know if they have plans to continue vaccinating more of the animals there but i guess it's something these zoos are going to have to think about as the covid pandemic you know moves moves along or hopefully comes to an end, but we definitely want to keep this out of zoo populations and keep it out of those animals. And so this, this was an experimental vaccine. This one, it wasn't like the Moderna or Pfizer or Johnson and Johnson. It was one by uh, Zoetis. So for use a pharmaceutical company for the, in the, for the development for covid vaccine specifically for animals
1: yeah i could see that being a little frustrating if you're an individual out there trying desperately to get vaccinated and you're hearing that gorillas at the zoo are getting vaccines before you so <laughs> right.
0: that funny. was my first thought
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, man but um yeah so that's that it's just kind of a cool story that i mean we're even progressing these vaccinations into you know vulnerable zoo populations where i mean they can't um yeah, they need to be cared for and people caring for them may have COVID and they may not know it and they could be exposed and then get sick. So luckily, luckily they're all good. And, and maybe this experimental vaccine will become a thing and we won't have to worry about it in animals or humans in this in the near future.
1: Yeah, hopefully.
0: Yeah. Cause I'm tired of talking about it. I know you are too.
1: I know. So. <laughs> I'm ti- I'm, yeah, I really am tired of it. Um, So another fun little story that I wanted to add before we wrap up this episode is, Again, I think this was early March. Um, so we always talk about the IACUC and how they cover vertebrate animals, but I think there is slowly sort of getting some momentum to start covering cephalopods, which are invertebrates. They're the cute little octopus, squid, cuttlefish guys that you see at your aquariums that kind of, you know, are camouflage, change color, do cool things. Um, so there was a study that was done with cuttlefish, and it's called the marshmallow test. And I guess this is a famous psychological test <laughs> of self-control that you typically do with like school age children. And it's sort of a test of, okay, I'm going to leave the room and there's one marshmallow on the table. But if you don't eat this marshmallow, when I come back, I'll give you three marshmallows. So it's sort of a self-control test for little kids of like, do they need the gratification right now? Cause that marshmallow looks so delicious or can they justify waiting to get more marshmallows, so they they didn't feed the no. pods marshmallows per se, but they did sort of train these um, these guys to understand that they can either get this bland food, which is fine, you know, you can survive on it, or if you wait, we'll give you live shrimp, which is like you know fancy fancy shrimp cocktail. <laughs> um, and they actually were able to assess that these cuttlefish realized. Through the training, that if I don't take this bland, survivable food, uh, I get way better food. So that really just shows that these invertebrates have self-control, um, have thought processes.
0: Yeah, that's I crazy. Think
1: it kind of goes into the fact of I think more, more animal programs are going to start covering cephalopod research because we're just learning so much more about them, and you know that they likely do experience pain the way vertebrate animals do and clearly this test shows that they have logic that they can sort through and it's really impressive and if you ever just want to get lost in google just like look up random photos of cuttlefish because they're kind of cute and weird looking um and it's c-u-t-t-l-e it's not like c-u-d-d-l-e so they're cuttlefish
0: yeah i think no matter which way you spell it it comes up the same way
1: Okay, probably, but yeah, some something fun to to kind of keep your eye on. Um, I think we're gonna the IACUC will start to expand which animals they they cover for for research protocols.
0: Yep, which is, I mean, to be honest, I've always thought it was kind of strange that we don't cover cephalopods. They're such like a higher order species in my mind yeah. that can. We've always known how intelligent they are, and this just kind of proves it that they're yeah smarter than. You know, some toddlers out there, maybe some adults, (laughs) (laughs) maybe some adults may not have, you know, the ability to hold out for the extra, which maybe, as you become an adult, becomes more of like a trust issue, right? Like, I know you're not going to give me three anyway, so I'm just going to eat the one. But uh,
1: yeah, well, that that can be the next round of studying is when you lie to the to the cephalopods. Do they, they trust?
0: This reminds me of the have you ever seen the video of the capuchin monkeys that are given cucumbers, I think um i could they have to return a rock and it and to the handler and yeah. when they do they're given a cucumber and then there's two of them they're separated but they can see each other through plexiglass and then the other one is given uh, a grape yeah and the one sees the grape and then the next time so he goes and gets another rock to get his grape and he instead gets another cucumber and he looks at it and then he throws it at the at the handler and then he goes and gets another rock and he tests it he's like maybe my rock was messed up so he's like like tapping it on the on the cage and on the ground and finally he's like it's a rock and he gives it back to him and then he gets another cucumber and then he i mean and then he gets More mad and throws it again, and then throws a rock at her, all this (laughs) stuff. And I mean, he eventually gets his grape. I'm sure the video cuts out, but um, it just shows that they know that they know like the difference. They've seen grapes before. They know they're sweet. They know it's better than this cucumber that's bland. And he's getting mad that his rock doesn't give him that that sweet reward. So we'll have to post that that video if you haven't Mm -hmm. seen it, go check it out. I don't know if we can post or show YouTube videos online on like i don't know if i can play the audio i guess the audio wouldn't really do it but
1: well yeah we'll uh, see what we can come up with we can always post a link and maybe we can figure out a way to get it on instagram and facebook but we'll
0: yeah we'll for sure that's a good idea video. i always forget about instagram and facebook you're our social media person so i try um yeah and so and then lastly with the cephalopods about that the you know over in the uk they are much more stringent when it comes to some of the regulations and they have been Monitoring the use of cephalopods and they've or required the um you know the regulations cover cephalopods over there, and so just a little bit for people that aren't necessarily aware of the number of animals that get used in research projects, and again, this is in the u k not in the u s um but in twenty nineteen they had over three point four million procedures that were carried out um, which was less than in twenty eighteen so they are starting to transition into more non animal models where they can and we that's something we talked about alternatives and the three R's. so again the field is always working on that and then for people that just think the majority of animals are dogs and monkeys and cats that's actually 0.2 percent of all procedures use cats dogs and or primates and so 90 percent of the procedures were carried out on on mice fish rats birds etc cetera, etc cetera, other species as well because if you did the math that comes up to 97.2 so don't you know, don't call me out there. Um obviously there's there's other species that account for the differences there, but just kind of interesting. Um, you know, just fun uh trivia knowledge at your next at your next party post COVID.
1: <laughs> Again, back to COVID.
0: <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't no, even say it. No, honestly but,
1: with like new guidelines. I don't know about this, you know, all everybody's state that they live in, but I know Virginia is doing really good with getting vaccines out. And I know we're kind of easing up restrictions and it's just looking really exciting for like normal life. Like the light is so close at that tunnel.
0: Yeah. I mean, Texas is planning on filling baseball stadiums, which is, I mean, I don't know if you're not really a big sports person. We established that in the last episode, but there's nothing better than just going to a baseball stadium, sitting there, getting a hot dog, you know, getting a beer, watching the game. Yeah. And if I can sit on an airplane directly next to somebody for eight hours as I travel, I don't know why I can't go to a baseball game and sit there in the seat in the sun and watch a baseball game. Yeah. So either way, just my own, just just my own thoughts. But let's get. Uh, that, that's when you know things are back to normal when baseball is back and people are filling stadiums and eating hot dogs and you know catching the foul balls in yeah. their cup of beer that has oh, been shown on SportsCenter. My,
1: my dad would, like, sell a kidney to go to opening day at Yankee Stadium again. Like, I think that,
0: like... I was going to say, let's go, and then you said Yankees. But, I mean, I guess I could still... I, I could probably suck it up and go to the Yankees game if that's the uh, that's first
1: game. That's the only game, team for if, my dad. that's
0: who I get to go to. Yep. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, that's about all the things that I had to talk about, which... Yep. It's just a random assortment of things. That's what you can expect on these bite episodes. And if you have suggestions or have things that you want us to talk about, you have a story that you see, email us, labbradchat at gmail.com. You can, you know, what do you do on social media? Do you, you comment on something or do you like, what's you, the D, the DM? What's the, the message? All that kind of stuff.
1: Message? Yes. All of those things are correct, Jeff.
0: <laughs> okay. Contact us any way you know how. Um, and we'll respond and we'll consider stories for a news bite for sure so thanks for listening everybody and we'll get an episode of lab rat chat out with our guests from the sabbath symposium that will be out soon and we have another one that's in the works as well and it's in the hands of the editor so we're at the crutch of the editor at this point so we'll get that to you soon and thanks for listening everyone we'll catch you next time take care